All right, welcome everybody to episode three of the Made in VA podcast, and I am your host, Eric Hancock, and uh, today I have with me one of the co-owners of uh, Taxus Street Coffee from uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, Mr. J.B. Anderson. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm doing great, doing great. It's a nice, uh, nice sunny Sunday morning here in Richmond. How's the weather down there? It's, uh, it's amazing. We were, my wife and I were out. Uh, on the deck for breakfast this morning, drinking some coffee. It was it was amazing. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, that's great. It's, it's kind of rare that we get these nice, uh, you know, in between kind of days. It usually it's like snowing in March, and then it goes straight to ninety five with one hundred percent humidity. <laughs> so <laughs> we've been uh, we've been pretty lucky to have some of these nice like seventy and eighty degree days here lately. Even even in the upper sixties or mid sixties. So. Yeah, the weather has been phenomenal. It's been weird the the sort of shelter in place dynamic with the weather being bad is like miserable. But if it's nice and sunny outside, it seems to not be as bad. Quite as bad, exactly. Yeah. You know, like yep. so. Yep. And then it also kind of encourages you to go outside a little bit more yeah. too. I feel like you don't go quite as stir crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's been it's been great. The walks, you know, uh, any day it's not raining, uh, we're about it. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool, man. So I want to um, I want to dig into taxes a little bit. So, um, well, actually, first, give everybody a quick little bio on yourself, um, just real quick. Uh, obviously, you know, I've covered your name already. Uh, you live in Chesapeake. Any other quick little interesting things, um, you know, that you want to share? Um, the reason I live in Chesapeake is because I got hired by Young Life, which is a ministry for middle schoolers and high schoolers, something that I did it in high school. And then you usually become a volunteer leader in college. And then if you want to work for Young Life, you apply and they'll send you somewhere to start Young Life, you know, in an area Well, Chesapeake has had like a young, a long Young Life tradition and um, when I applied to go on Young Life staff, they needed an intern to come down and um, they hired me to do stuff at Oscar Smith High School. And so I moved down in 2013 and then um, started doing ministry stuff uh, at Smith in about, and during that time, I lived with a couple of guys. Those two guys were really into coffee. And so I started my you know, sort of my coffee experience from there with them. You know, I remember I moved down and I, I bought a tin of Folgers coffee <laughs> from um, Food Lion in 2013 and like came home with it and they just, they roasted me. <laughs> and, no pun intended, right? They roasted yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. And, um, and then from that, you know, that moment on, we start, I started drinking better coffee, learned how to um, make better cups of coffee at home, all of the above. And then you can fast forward from there to um, 2015, which is right around the time that we found out that there were, there was a bunch of um, kids in need in the area, specifically at the high school that were uh, homeless, that were hopping around, either living with friends um, or, uh, you know, staying on couches wherever of um, sort of the community uh, rallying around the school. And then during that time, uh, part of the ministry of Young Life is, is very relational. And so uh, one of the guys that I was spending and or had become friends with, uh, spending lots of time with, he ended up needing me to uh, drive him around to fill out job applications because nobody in his family I was able to take him to fill out these applications. And it was during that time I was like, man, I wish I could just hire kids rather than say, Hey, all I can do is just take you to fill out these applications. Sure. Why don't you fill out an application for my company? And then you can start, you can just come to work here. And that was like the seed, like that was planted in my mind and then started doing research on coffee roasters and you know nobody was roasting coffee in Chesapeake at the time like at all um 
And I was like, it's perfect. Nobody does this. There's, um, there's room for it. And just, you know, pulled the trigger and bought a coffee roaster and invited, um, my buddy Jay, you know, into the company and started going from there, started roasting, teaching ourselves, um, what we, uh, the, the process that we liked. Right. So we did, you know, basically went to YouTube university for <laughs> coffee and then bought a bunch of, uh, books on, uh, coffee roasting, read those and essentially taught ourselves, uh, how to do it. Wow. That's awesome. So are you, so where are you originally from? If you moved to, Ches- to Chesapeake, are you a Virginia native or are you from, uh, yeah, from, from else? Virginia? from Fredericksburg actually. So I grew up, I was in, I've been in Ferg my whole life. All my family is still there. Mine's my oldest sister. Cool. And, uh, so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I grew up in a place called Beaver Dam, which is like, uh, maybe an hour, uh, South of Fredericksburg. Um, we kind of have a straight shot yeah. through like Ladysmith, like right up route one, uh, into Fredericksburg. So yeah, we used yeah. to go there to grocery shop and things like that. Cause Lady it's, Smith, yeah. yeah, those are really rural areas. And back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, there was no options for grocery shopping and stuff. So we would have to either go to, to, to town, you know, to Richmond or, or go to Fredericksburg. Right. <laughs> so right, right. that's really awesome. So um, tell me about the name, uh, Taxus. Where did you guys come up with that? What's the story behind the name? So the street that my wife and I lived on for the first five years of our marriage was Texas street. And it was in, you know, in Chesapeake, it was, when we got married, we moved into, we started renting this house on Texas street and. I always knew that I was going to, that I wanted to start a company. And if I did start that company, I was going to try and name it after the street that I lived on because, and then this is where it it kind of will make more sense then. But, uh, so fight club was always my favorite movie growing up. Yeah. The Brad Pitt's character in the movie starts, a soap company called paper street soap company, which is like that first scene that you see Tyler Durden and Ed Norton go to. And so they paper street soap company, the house was on paper street, yada, yada, yada. I just knew that I was going to name, uh, the company after the street that was on about a year before we started that, my buddy started a car or a chocolate company in Richmond called Upchurch chocolate company. Yeah. Upchurch chocolate co. And, uh, which is a street in Richmond. So I like, so that worked and like that did well. And I was like, all right, you know, I think I'm just going to pull the, pull the trigger on it. Cool. I like that a lot. That's a really cool story. Yeah, it was, I mean, taxes is not, the like easiest thing to say. And in the beginning it was kind of, uh, I don't know, like nobody really caught like taxes, like T A X E S. Yeah. 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 No, like, but, uh, it's worked out and it's got, I think the story's cool and yeah, uh, it's different. I think the story is super cool. Yeah. I, um, I actually was guilty of mispronouncing it too, uh, because I heard about you guys through, uh, again, mutual friend. Um, and I always thought it was Traxxas, T R A X. Um, so I, I had been mispronouncing yeah. it, uh, until I started following you guys on Instagram. And then I was like, Oh shoot, I'm a dummy. I've been <laughs> mispronouncing this thing. Uh, that's awesome. So cool. So you, uh, you got together with a buddy, you guys decided you were just going to pull the trigger and start up this business. You bought a coffee roaster. Did, uh, you know, was there a big, did you have any kind of, were you just hustling to kind of get everything, all the equipment that you needed and everything set up? Or did you have any kind of funding or anything? Was there any cool story behind? No, we funded it ourselves. Awesome. Um, pretty, uh, I, I believe, uh, very, um, I believe it's very important to not take on debt. Um, like I think that 
when we started the company, I didn't want to take on any debt. So anything that we couldn't pay for ourselves, I wanted, um, I didn't want to do it right. Like I didn't want to, um, to take on a loan to buy the coffee roaster. I didn't want to take on a loan to rent space, any, any type of thing like that. And so we bought the coffee roaster we could afford and we bought the amount of green coffee that we could afford. And, um, uh, you know, and went from there. Cool. That's awesome. And so did you, so you said you went to YouTube university to learn how everything kind of came together. Did you have any idea like at all, or did any of you have any kind of coffee background other than just being enthusiasts? No, (laughs) no, not at all. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Zero, zero experience. And, um, I mean, I like to cook though. So, uh, So, I mean, roasting coffee is very much just the, you know, the scientific process of taking raw ingredients and cooking it and letting it turn into something delicious. Um, you know, granted, you have to take your cooked profit or your cooked uh, coffee and, you know, brew it to get it to, you know. Sure. Which is another process uh, of science which in is itself. Another, yeah. Know, <laughs> so, um, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy um really enjoy cooking and therefore that, you know, that translated into, um, this roasting process. And so, you know, experimenting was fun, you know, it was coming up with the right, uh, flavor profile of the above for what we liked in coffee was exciting, you know, cause we didn't have to, we didn't have to answer to anybody. You don't, we don't have any debt. We don't have any investors sure. or anything like that. So like you can do totally coffee what you tastes want. exactly how we want it to taste. And, um, we would buy it from the people we think deserve to be, you know, the bought from, you know, the farms that are responsible, the, uh, the, you know, middlemen that, you know, are working the green coffee through customs, all of the above. So cool. And so where, like, I, I have no idea how that process works. Like, is there a marketplace that you can kind of go to, to see like what's going on? Do you have to have contacts or like, how does, how does the sourcing process work for like whole, whole coffee? So, Sourcing on the East Coast has been uh, is like coming alive now. It was it wasn't ever everything moved West Coast to East Coast coffee wise for the most part, uh, and the sourcing part is a is one of the most crucial parts in the the coffee game in the states uh, because. Dealing with customs is like super, super hard. Yeah. Uh, getting anything through customs uh, just takes time. It takes uh, expertise. And I don't know, you know, if the you know firewall to get in is, you know, super difficult in any way, but um, it's definitely something that you and I couldn't just do effectively. I mean, not to say we couldn't, couldn't figure it out eventually, but so there's a few companies that you source from and the easiest way to source from them is they provide you essentially a catalog. So you find the company that you believe is doing this correctly. And then they provide you a catalog of the beans they source from the farms they source from prices, whatever. And then they send you um, samples and you roast those samples and decide which ones you want to go with. And then you order bulk amounts of green coffee after that. Cool. That's excellent. I guess it comes in like a, does it come in like some kind of burlap like bag or like on a pallet, I guess, in a truck? Yeah, it comes in a gigantic 150 pound. Yeah, it's a pallet. It's a pallet usually with about eight to 10, uh, 70 kilo bags of coffee, nice. burlap, sex. Cool. Well, you know, I know both of us are into fitness, so that sounds right up yeah. our alley for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a very odd object. Like as far as picking it up goes, um, it's fun. Like it would be, it would be fun to see like some, you know, uh, strongest man competition or CrossFit or whatever you want um, to put it into, and then have them just pick up some coffee, coffee beans, beans and have to move it back and forth. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so uh, I'm curious too, man. Uh, debunk like a common coffee coffee myth that you see out there like what's the thing that like irks you the most where you're like no that is not 
that is not what you do. That is not how to do it. Uh, debunk one of those for me. Hmm. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. So, I, I always see like water, decaf coffee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, D, there's decaf coffee has caffeine in it. Ah. Uh, and people don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder, because I've bought some decaf coffee too, and my wife was like, how do they get the caffeine out? And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'll have to ask right. somebody one day. Uh, yeah. do, you, like, do you know by any chance? Yeah, it's chemically processed out. So. Really? Wow. Yeah. So if you are uh, holistic in any way, don't drink decaf. Decaf coffee. coffee. Interesting. Ah. So then You can get Swiss water coffee, where it's like responsibly removed, um, but... I mean, it costs like a gajillion dollars. So, oh, so if you're buying decaf coffee, that's the same price as, uh, you know, if you're buying it in a 15 ounce bag or whatever, that's the same price as the non-decaf and something right. fishy's going on. Right. Interesting. All right. I'll have to tell her that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, what is your kind of like secret tip to a good cup then? Like what's your, what's your go-to way to brew and what's your secret, like secret sauce for a cup? Hmm. Um, for me, I, I, I think I am actually, uh, the margin on this one, but I don't like super hot coffee. Yes. I am the same way. So a lot of people brew their coffee above 200 degrees and, and, and they like to take their first sip. So they'll brew around 205, 206, and they'll take their first sip around 200, like 202, 201, 200. Um, I think that's too hot. I don't like it. Um, it's not bad coffee-wise because you're supposed to take really, really airy sips. of Like if you're you know, a bougie coffee drinker and you're spending $20 on a pound of coffee and um, you're doing a pour-over or air presser, uh, you know, Chemex, whatever, you know, at-home brewing method you want to use, you're, you probably know that you're supposed to take huge airy sips of your coffee, right? Like essentially slurp it. Ah. Well, you can obviously slurping at 200 degrees. is the only way you can drink a 200 degree cup of coffee. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, however, like to brew uh, my personal cups of coffee at home at 197. And then it cools down to about 192 to 190 before I take that first sip. Sip, I mean. And so, so usually my like coffee. So I made a little cup of espresso this morning. You can see it's kind of it's a dirty cup, all of the above. But anyways, I got the cup out to say I always do the air test. So like I'll hold, I'll like hold the cup of coffee up and I'll look. And if it's if I can see steam coming off of it at home. I know that it's going to be an airy sip for me still. But the second I see the steam go down is when I can take like a gulp oh. and like a, and actually, and not have to aerate the sip. I really like that. It's just me, you know, like you're not going to hear that from a ton of um, bougie coffee drinkers, but, um, or roasters or, you know, any experts in the game. Um, that's just a personal preference for me, you know, like, if we were to go to some type of um, competition, right, um, I would probably play a little more to the judges. Sure. And sort of the status quo at that point. But uh, it's kind of changing. I think people are getting a little more used to preference, right, than um, this is how it's done, right? And it was always, this is how it's done for a while as the coffee game was pretty new. But I mean, just like anything else, right? Like you watch um, trends start, right? And then they go, they, they evolve from trends to sort of lifestyles. And then like the lifestyle thing really turns into, a, um, I don't know what, I don't know what the next progression would be. 
can't think of the, the word that I was going to go with. Kind of just like the, anyways, new, the, like the new normal, I guess. Yeah, the normal, right, exactly. And then that new normal is starting to change a lot, you know, uh, for this is how it's done. Sure. Right? Even like espresso, right? Like espresso was, this is how espresso is done. Do not veer from classic Italian espresso. And then we've gone into second wave, third wave, fourth wave espresso. And now it's, uh, you, I mean, I could go to 10 different coffee shops in the 757 and all of their espresso will taste different. Interesting. Yeah. And I know like the, the cold coffee has become like the new rage. Right. Uh, Now the nitro is super popular, which I was cool with because I've, I don't really like hot. I don't really like hot anything. Like I don't like hot soup. I like wait for my soup to cool down. Uh, any, you know, like teas, coffee. Yeah. Like I always have just been a cold drink right. fan. And so ever since I started drinking coffee, um, I've always just like either brewed over ice or just dumped ice in it. And I've been so glad to discover this nitro, this new nitro thing that everybody's like doing and stuff now, because it's such a refreshing, like, not watered down. You don't get the ice in there. Um, and I also, you know, I'm not a sipper either. I just like slug whatever it is that I'm drinking. (laughs) So, Mm. so that nitro is so concentrated that it really like hits pretty hard. And I'm like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was one of the things too. Like, um, the, we, we met face to face at compete for a cure down in Chesapeake, the uh, CrossFit competition. And, uh, you guys nitro was like, the smoothest, best tasting stuff that I've ever had before. Um, and so I was like, Oh man, this, this is good stuff right here. So, so yeah, what's, uh, was there any secret, is there any secret to a good nitro or how does that process look? Um, so kind of, once again, like we, we haven't, we don't push back against any of the coffee scene at Texas street because, anyone's doing anything wrong or uh, we think it should be improved. We're, we're just don't feel the need to be boxed into um, not experimenting. And so our cold brew started off much lighter than it is now. Right. The roast was lighter. Um, it brewed for a shorter period of time. I had a, a much different taste. And then when we started trying to uh, lock in what we really, really liked in a shot of espresso, we had, you know, 50 different bean profiles that we were trying. And during that process, we realized that one of those profiles was probably going to be very good on <laughs> cold brew. So we made this cold brew one day and it was awesome it just rocked from there we started we did a little more experimenting with that and then eventually that cold brew was really really good and we ended up opening a coffee shop in big ugly uh, which was probably about 15 minutes away from the uh, conference center where we met for computer cure yeah and they let us run a coffee shop out of their brewery in the morning. And because of the way that um, we would pour the nitro where we got a tap set up and, you know, could keg the cold brew, which means we could do the, the uh, nitrogen infusing of it. And at that point it was a wrap. <laughs> we, I mean, I really like, I think it would win. I would, I am curious to see if it would do well in a, a competition. Cause I don't, um, and maybe I'm biased, sure. you know, who knows, yeah. but, uh, I try not to be, if somebody's coffee is better than ours, that's fine. You know, like we can, that's great. That will, that will sort of make us want to be better, try harder, do more. And, uh, but I think this, this nitro cold brew is, uh, 
is world class. Yeah, I agree. I haven't had, you know, I can't say that I've had like 50 different ones or whatever, but of course I've had a lot of the ones here locally to me in Richmond. Um, of course I've had the ones from Starbucks uh, mm -hmm. and yours, like I said, that day, I was like, man, it was so hard to not just keep going back for more and more and more and more. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> the, the hard thing about nitro cold brew is it's so it's too it's expensive to make you know for us right so another thing that, that we care about at texas street is being able to get people really really good coffee for a fairly reasonable price sure right nitro cold brew is so cold brew in general is expensive to make yeah because the time right? that's involved is much much yeah. greater than just a just a regular hot pour right right and then you i mean you need to add in uh the cost of a, a nitrogen tank, you know, and the, yeah. the cost of the refrigeration and how are you going to keep it cold and um, refilling all of the above. And then it just adds, you know, adding 50 cents to your cost or a dollar to your cost for a drink is, is a lot, that's you huge. know, when it gets to the consumer. So yeah, definitely. Cause that's, you know, I say, just say the average cup of coffee is three bucks or whatever, you know, if you're adding a dollar right. to the cost, like that's, <laughs> that's huge. It's 30% of the, you know, of, of the, the retail price. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Um, right. and we don't like to, to add or add ice to, to it. And so, I mean, you know, you go into Chick-fil-A or something and they pack your cup full of ice and give you, you know, four sips of coffee, Yeah, <laughs> coffee. Whereas we don't want to add ice to it unless you want ice in it. And then we'll add the ice to it. But, uh, so it's even more, it's actual, you know, it's actually 12 ounces of cold brew and not seven ounces of cold brew, five ounces of ice. ice. Yeah. That's awesome. So you mentioned a couple of times coffee competitions. So I, this is something that obviously I don't know why, you know, I, it's not that I don't think that it wouldn't be a thing, but I've never heard of one. Like, you Ooh. know, where do you go to, to a coffee competition and what does something like that look like? So like, imagine like a, just imagine like a state fair. Yeah. It's like, um, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, I mean like imagine like a, a pie competition or something like that. Sure. Right? Like you produce your pie judges walk around, observe, you know, they have the, the list of things that they're going to judge it by. They're going to be able to taste it. And then, um, the, scale it accordingly and and go from there yeah that's awesome so where uh is there anyone here locally that you can go to or that's most of them are in richmond really actually yeah oh, now i feel even more like in the dark i need to get out of the that's all good. I, I need to get out of well this is going to be a great uh way for me to get out of this uh fitness realm that i live in all the time of just you know fitness and dirt bikes is uh yeah. is like what i live so yeah this is awesome i'm gonna have to to keep an eye out i saw uh, I guess it's a spirits, something similar for like, um, uh, distilleries story. that they did in downtown Richmond, uh, earlier in this, I guess it was the fall of last year. So yeah, it all makes sense now. Um, but yeah, I have to keep an eye out for one. Let me know yeah. when you guys come up to one and I'll have to go check it out. All right. That yeah. I'd awesome. love to let you know. Yeah. Um, shoot. There was one other thing that I thought about too that, Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. So tell me, um, what the relationship is with big ugly. Was this something that did you guys know, um, the, the group over there, did they invite you in? Tell me how that relationship started and how it's been going. So three years ago. Yeah. Three years ago, I reached out to big ugly and, uh, they were the first brewery in Chesapeake. And so they were, they were right past CrossFit Krypton. Like maybe like a minute away from CrossFit Krypton. And so yep. that's the CrossFit gym that I go to. I've been going there for, you know, since I moved to Chesapeake in 2013. And wow, so you're, a, you're an original, was, you're an original member of Krypton then too, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's awesome. They had been open the gym like six months or so before I got there. Uh, and so I, you know, have made the 
the progression through the old from the old gym to the to new, new gym. And, yeah. Cool. Uh, and Big Ugly is just is it six sixty four that goes through right there that you can see you can actually see all of the whatever uh machinery or stuff they have or apparatus they have outside. It's right off of the back of the interstate, right? Is that six sixty four that goes through there? It's one sixty eight is this but Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. I knew it was a fast way. highway because you it's like yeah. whoosh, and it's gone. But uh yep. okay, cool. Yep. And uh, oh, uh, one day after the gym, got an invite to go to Big Ugly to have a beer. Went by. The beer was amazing. It was great. Come to find out, we had a couple of friends of Young Life that knew the owners of the brewery. And then maybe like six months later, um, I reached out to them and said, hey, I'm starting this coffee company. My idea for the coffee company is to be the Big Ugly of coffee in Chesapeake and they were like that, you know, that's amazing. It's, you know, super flattering all of the above. And it was, they were just doing it great. They were, they were small, low key family, um, friendly. They cared about people. They wanted to make a great product. They loved Chesapeake. And so when I them and said, Hey, I'd love to come pick your brain about what's going on, what you guys are doing, maybe get some tips and tricks from you. They immediately said that's, you know, yes, you know, come by. And so I ended up meeting, um, with Aaron, one of, um, the co-owners of the brewery. And then we started putting bags of coffee at, at the brewery. And then that turned into, um, some cold brew things and that progressed to them visiting a brewery in like Indianapolis or something like that, that was doing the coffee thing out of it during the day. And then the brewery at night and they came back and sort of pitched the idea to us about this joint coffee morning beer at night idea. And I mean, we, I ran with it immediately. It was, I mean, that's such a great idea. Their space was amazing. <clears throat> they had just built a new building um it seemed like it just seemed like a great idea excellent yeah that um and i'm sure that kind of it kind of fills a lot of you know you guys can really feed off of each other i feel like because there's probably people still i mean breweries are cool places to hang around at whether you like to drink or whether you like to drink beer or not so do you does the coffee hour spill over into the the brewery tasting hour so that you can still get like you could get coffee even if you don't drink beer or you don't want that beer or whatever is that still something you can do kind of we so the coffee hours are wednesday thursday friday saturday and from seven to twelve the brewery opens at three okay gotcha except for on saturdays the brewery opens at 12 so we go from seven to 12 and then the brewery opens picks up after that at 12 you know to 10 and so there's a little bit of crossover there and there's a lot of people that come and get beer from the brewery that come and get coffee uh so it's been it's been fun you know especially going up there with my wife to get a beer some days and you know running into some some people that are there to um to, I don't know, just enjoy the night. And then, you know, we chat about coffee. We chat about the new beer they just released or, you sure. know, whatever going, whatever's going on. So it's good. That's awesome. That sounds like a fantastic partnership. Yeah. Yeah. And so shout- they, I seriously can't thank them enough. They are, they are the best. They're a reason that um, we're able to do what we do. And I mean, shout out to big ugly. They are, they're, they're killing it. Top I, notch. I, we like them so much. That's awesome. I'm going to have to actually, so I've been by it tons of times. Um, we, you know, my wife and I will come down to Chesapeake a lot to drop in at Krypton or if we're doing any kind of other fitness related stuff um, for, for my business down there, but we've never actually gone. So I'm going to have to put that on my list of things to do the next time we're in town. Oh, for sure. You, I mean, there's two places that you should go. You need to come to Big Ugly. Have you been to Krypton yet? Yes. Yeah. I've been to Krypton many right, so times. Been yep. in Krypton. All right. The third one is a barbecue place in Norfolk 
called Barque. Yes, I have. I've have, had there. Have you been yet? I haven't been there, but they are at Compete for a Cure. They've been the last two years that yeah. I've been, and so I've gotten to sample like a little bit of stuff. But the line goes from one end of the convention center. If they're on the back wall of the convention center right. in Chesapeake, the line goes all the way to the front door. <laughs> so, yes. and I'm usually like working, uh, you know, when I'm down there. And so I'll get to slide in or like get a bite of my wife's food or whatever. But yeah, that is the smell is phenomenal and they roll, they hustle, man. They can make sling some freaking barbecue on a weekend. It's, and that's oh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, those are my three favorite places. It's, they're amazing. And, uh, they're amazing. I, I can, I can set you up with them. You definitely got to interview them. They have, they have amazing stories and are great people. And I mean, have cared about us a lot. Like we, the first place that we ever served cold brew was at compete for a cure three years ago or four years ago. It was the first year that they were at the convention center. Convention so there's center. year one was the year it was a car dealership, right? At the car dealership. Yep. And then year two was the first year we were there. But um, we got to do it because Jamie, the owner of the barbecue company, let us serve cold brew with him. You know, oh. like, so it was just, I cannot speak highly enough of them. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to take you up on that invite. I'd like to get them to get them on and hear that story. Because aren't they, isn't one of the guys uh, really good friends with Adam Klink too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's the head, he's the head chef, the head pit master, I guess you would call. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, Adam said the same thing. Like when I've talked to him a few times too, and uh, I actually interviewed him for my other podcast, my fitness podcast. And, uh, we, (laughs) it's like every time he and I talk, we get to talking about, uh, talking about that barbecue. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Adam's, Adam's a great dude. And they're, they are very, very close. Um, so it was just very funny because they lived together for a while. And so Jamie doing CrossFit, he's a national champion football player. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably walks around at like a comfortable three thirty. Yeah. He's a big dude. You know, he's like six, yeah. five. So uh, him coming and doing CrossFit for a couple of years, you know, back like 2013, 14, 15, you know, was pretty wild. Uh, cause he's so, he's freakishly strong and, uh, you know, watching him do a muscle up is something. <laughs> the whole know, rig shake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, we've mentioned obviously CrossFit and fitness a few times already. Um, so is that kind of your main hobby outside of being a coffee enthusiast and running a business and what are your other interests like personally that you like to, uh, that you like to do and pursue? Definitely, definitely CrossFit for sure. Uh, not a lot else outside of that. I mean, uh, married. So, you know, you kind of, you absorb your spouse's interests as well. And so, um, and with young life stuff, you know, my ministry is, um, keeps me pretty busy on the weekends. I would say half of my weekends I'm gone or doing something ministry wise somehow. And then, you know, those other half of the weekends throughout the year, probably half of those weekends, a quarter of those probably with our family and then those other quarter, you know, are spent doing, you know, what we want to do. We'll go camping or, uh, well, actually no, I've only been camping once. I don't know why I said camping. We'll go to the, <laughs> we'll go to the beach a lot. Um, we like to be outside. Sure. Right. Um, but fitness is, you know, CrossFit is something that I love, uh, love, 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 you know, Yes. If you've been uh, a member, so did you, was, was Krypton your first CrossFit experience or were you already a CrossFit? Yeah. I was a personal trainer from 2010 to 2013. Cool. And found out about CrossFit in 2011. Right. So grew up just old school bro sesh bodybuild type of thing, played sports, but then became personal trainer started learning more about physiology, how the body worked. Um, then comes, then comes CrossFit and I'm like, Oh, okay. 
this, this adds new language. It kind of woke me up to, um, the woes of, uh, modern physical education. And I mean, it was pretty easy to see that there are very specific ways the body should move. There's uh, very real ways to teach the body how to move after it's forgotten how to move. And a lot of that was what I cared about. A lot of my clients were older, couldn't, you know, didn't walk very well, didn't stand up, sit down very well, you know, had back pain, whatever it was. And it was, it was very rewarding to say, okay, if we change the way that you sleep and we strengthen these two things, you're going to, you're going to really get rid of um, a lot of this pain. So. That's awesome. And uh, Ben, I would say Ben and Adam probably are two of the greatest people to like foster any kind of thoughts and like, you know, pursuit of those type of goals um, because they're so, you know, I've interviewed both of them uh, at length before and they're, you know, just so experienced and picking up all the stuff. And Ben is such a, uh, he's such a student of, of everything physical fitness um, that you can learn a lot just from really just from watching him, to be honest with you. Like you really don't even need to, to listen to an interview or, or read a whole lot. If you just watch uh, what he does, you know, then that's kind of uh, the best, you know, the best way to learn uh, from him, you know? Oh yeah. They're, I mean, they're great. I can't speak highly enough of them. Uh, it's fun being at a gym with them too. The, uh, I always tell, I try to tell people, um, I describe it to people like this. Your, uh, you're not going to be better than them. <laughs> no. As, a, yeah. as like a regular average Joe, you know, um, just member of the gym that should be comforting to you because you don't have to walk in intimidated now by your other average Joe that's better or worse or whatever it is. The, the whole comparison game that robs people of joy steals, steals people's happiness nowadays can almost leave there. Obviously people have to battle other battles of comparison while they're at the gym or wherever they're going. However, the I'm, I'm the best you know, CrossFitter here, right? Can't be it. Like comparing your time to someone else's is one. Well, it's cool, right? Like, oh, I, you know, I ran this mile faster than this person, or whatever. Um, you're not going to be better than them. So to think that you can gloat in this thing or you can lord this in some type of way over people is like, listen, bro, you you don't have to you don't have to do this. You know, like you just can point at one of them. Yep, and say. Uh, sorry. You know, like, that's it. You say there's no, that's uh, not to say you can't be excited for someone who does well in a workout or does well in the open or whatever it is. It just kind of, that puts a little peace in peace of mind. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no egos there. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I like about that place. So much. Yeah. It's very, it's very easy to say, Hey, you need to get rid of, you can get rid of that ego very fast. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And the community there, uh, is fantastic. It's one of the best, um, gym environments and atmospheres that I've ever been, uh, been in, you know, whether it's observing, like, uh, watching other people train during an open workout or something like that, or actually being a part of the, the class uh, itself. So if you haven't, if you've never been to Krypton before and you live in Virginia, then it should be on your list if you're into fitness. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I have a couple closing questions. Um, what I, I want to ask you this really quick. Like, what do you think we've kind of touched on it, you know, here, there and yonder. And I think I know what your answer is going to be, but what would you say sets your coffee shop apart from, you know, when you walk up to somebody and introduce yourself to them and you're like, Oh, what do you do? And like, Oh, I'm in a coffee shop. Like, and they go, Oh, you know, what, what do you think in your own words sets your shop apart from everyone else's? The environment of our shop is, uh, very unique, right? I mean, 
like on Fridays, there's a group of um, women that come in that bring their children and there's probably 10 of them and each of them has one or more children and they can come and fellowship and have a cup of coffee and sit and talk to each other and their kids can sort of roam and be safe. Um, they can still see them, but they're a little free. They don't have to do, like really watch them, watch them. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you can't do that in a coffee shop. No, you know, like, no, you really can't. That's a good point. So, you know, it's just that the space that we have is, uh, is very sweet. Um, we can just, you know, accommodate, you know, more people that way. I think the environment's really cool. And another thing that I like that we do is uh, very much, I brought up Chick-fil-A earlier. I'm going to do it again, which is, if you don't like something, if there's something wrong, uh, we will fix it. If you want, you know, you know, two ice cubes, a spritz of water and, you know, whatever, you know, cold oat milk, we're going to get it for you. You know, like we want you to have the cup of coffee that you want to have. Yeah. We have recommendations for you. We have, uh, best served this way in our opinion we have a recipe for that but if you want to change that or you think you it it is better this way by all means you know have it the way that you want it uh which a lot of coffee shops do not do that so yeah yeah they kind of have the uh I've noticed that sometimes you can get a little bit of arrogance. Um, you can kind of akin it to, to the fitness analogy that we had just now. A lot of people will get stuck in their, like in their ditch or their lane of thinking that this is the perfect, you know, I'm the expert. This is the perfect way to do it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I figured that you were going to say something along the lines of, of experience. And so I think that that, you know, the experience of, of being there and making it memorable and, uh, and welcoming and things like that. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, I, that is exactly what we want your experience to be great. And, um, there, and there's sort of two camps that you can go by, right? That Apple camp of experience is we'll tell you exactly what you want and this is exactly what you get. Yep. Or you have like the Walmart experience, which is we have everything, just come and get what you want. We want you to have, you know, access to all. Yeah. Right. So we have gone with the, uh, hybrid of both. <laughs> we have, we have developed a product that we believe is phenomenal. And if you want to add, you know, a gallon of milk to it, go be our guest. Awesome. Fine. I love it. And then, uh, the last thing I want to touch on really quick, um, is probably the biggest, issue the biggest thing we're all dealing with right now and it's covid um so what uh i'm curious too this is another thing um you know kind of jumping back to what we were chit-chatting a little bit about before we started recording and that's um i really i really like doing interviews in person because i feel like you get a little bit different of a vibe and it feels a little more personable so i had the idea for this podcast and recorded the first two episodes like weeks ago well then all this happened and I canceled all the interviews that I had set up. But I figured that with all of this going on right now, that it's a great time to talk to business owners and talk to people for two reasons. Number one, hopefully, like I said, we can share in some sort of thought sharing or, or you can be inspirational or, you know, maybe, it, you know, make somebody want to come to your shop and hear your story and meet you in person. But I think it's also going to be cool because this is going to live forever on the internet that, you know, 10 years from now or five years from now, or, you know, your kids or your grandkids can go back and listen to this. And like, it can be that, Hey, remember, you know, remember when all this was going on, remember 2020. Um, so yeah, I, I want to hear, I guess, how, how has all of this affected taxes? what has the effect been? And then like, what are your thoughts on like moving forward? Have you guys adapted to online as much as you can, or, you know, just kind of give me a quick little rundown on, on COVID for, with you guys. 
Yeah, it's been pretty um, straightforward. We don't owe anyone any money, so we can affect. We could shut down everything if we wanted, and wait for everything to pass. Sure, and then just and then just immediately pick back up because um, Jay and I both have other jobs. So the there's that aspect to the company that's very cool, right? the wanting to obviously that's not what we want that's not what we're doing that's not what we're going to do um so actually yesterday was the last day that we're doing um that we're brewing cups of coffee for people to come and get and take to go from big ugly until post covid 19 um you know shelter in place instructions the hard thing, the really hard thing to do was continue to be responsible, uh, getting people to go coffee without having a drive through. So, yeah. okay. So if somebody so had to come in or either you yeah. have to wait outside the door or something right. like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Right. So, and at that point it just becomes a staffing thing and even, um, systems to do that properly or is difficult. So we closed that part down, but we started doing a, cold brew service and a same day delivery of whole bean or ground coffee. And people have loved that. People have responded. Uh, we're getting, we sort of just moved online and we're doing some, some videos of, you know, this is how we brew this at home yeah, and this that's is fantastic. how you can do it. And, uh, you know, don't, afraid to tweak the recipe at all if you want you know if it's too hot just lower just go a degree or two you know less on um on your coffee and uh i think the videos will be fun we have some good ideas for uh some clever things to to release and uh so we're going to stick with those two things we're going to go whole bean coffee sale and this cold brew service that we want to run for people that uh, we think will be great sort of like imagine like a growler um for a beer where you can sort of exchange essentially, or there's a bunch of exchange services, but I just thought of that one uh, first, but uh, we're going to do jars, 32 ounce jars of cold brew. And uh, essentially you buy the jar in your first purchase of the cold brew. And then the cold brew goes down in price. If you return your jar, if we switch out jars. Okay. Yeah. So just kind of like the way that, um, I know that uh, in a lot of the grocery stores around here, Homestead Creamery, like the that's the heavy cream and like the milk yeah. that I, that I'll buy. Yeah, and you kind of yeah. have to buy the bottle, and then like they give you the money back or whatever. Right. That that's an awesome idea. Yes. Yep. So that's what we're doing, um, and people are loving it, and they're rallying behind us. And I mean, I can't thank everyone that's been buying coffee and buying beans, you know, enough because it means. I mean, it means the world we're trying to, we're trying to make it through the, you know, the COVID-19, uh, uncertainty. Yeah. Uncertainty. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's so. the biggest thing is, uh, things have changed so quickly and you know, it, it's, I don't know, you just can't even, by the time you can process like one thing that you hear, right. one thing that's happened, like something else is going on. Um, yeah. It's, it's one of those interesting things. I was talking to a guy, um, another business owner that I know, primarily e-commerce, and he was like, man, this is going to be, he kind of compared it to like a 9-11 type event. He's like, this is going to be something that changes everything like going forward. He's like, there's going to be pre and there's going to be post. Right. And I was like, you know, you're, you're right. You know, I hate oh, to yeah. make that comparison because I know obviously there's several differences, but like as far as an event that changes the world, you know, we can probably count on one hand, the number of those, you know, that, that there have been in our Mm -hmm. modern history. Uh, and this is going to be, this is going to be one of those things. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, coming out on the other side will be, um, will be huge for us. This is something that we wanted to do. I mean, the things that are, that are hurting us a ton right now is, you know, we can't, we can't afford to pay anyone to work the coffee shop, which means people are losing hours, which sure. means the people that were working the coffee shop. 
um, or hopefully we can figure out this delivery service or subscription service or something and get you some hours for that. And um, because the hope is to um, provide jobs. I mean, like I said in the beginning, the the entire hope was to provide a community (laughs) that didn't have homes with the ability to um, leverage their labor for a wage and be able to then pay for the things that they want to pay for. You know, obviously we want, we don't want people living on the street. We don't want people to be homeless, you know? And so if we can, if we can hire people, if we can get money into their pockets, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, I can sleep well at night, but now with COVID-19, it's like, you know, I'm a tiny little com- tiny operation that is trying to do big things in this city and, and expand. And now as it has the ability to make us, um, to make or break us. Right. You're right. And we don't want it to break us. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting that it comes around back to that because that was one of the reasons you stated when we first started talking as to why you wanted to start your own entrepreneurial journey or path. Um, so yeah. And I, I really like the idea of doing the videos. Um, I've been, uh, I'm a pretty big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And he's been doing a thing. I don't know if you follow him or not, but he's been doing a thing every day called tea with Gary V and he just like gets on, uh, Instagram live or Facebook live and answers questions for two hours. And, uh, I've been listening to some of them while I've been meandering around the house doing various things. And, uh, one guy called in and asked about, uh, about a restaurant. He's like, you know, what do I do with my restaurant? And he, the advice he gave to him is basically what you guys are doing is you need to move online, figure out the delivery, the to go thing. And then he was like, if, if I'm the chef, he goes, and I have 30 dishes on my menu. He's like, I'm going to make every single dish and record it and give the story behind it. This is why we have, uh, you know, ham and eggs. Um, I was in Mexico one time and I had chorizo and, you know, like this is a great time to tell stories, which kind of comes back again to, you know, what I want to do now with this podcast. And unfortunately just not being able to do it in person, but still wanting to be able to get the story out there. Um, so yeah, this, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people that are struggling and stuff, but I, I do feel like there's a lot of, um, a lot of good that we can still try to make out of uh, a situation that's so, uh, dire and sucky really for lack of a better word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I totally agree, man. I totally appreciate you giving us opportunity to, to share our story. And I totally agree with, with Gary V in that point. You know, I think people care about our stories and, uh, I think it connects us in a deep way. Definitely. It's a shame that we can't be, you know, face to face right now, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily we have, you know, and again, two other things, not to harp on, you know, him so much, but, uh, he said, he was like, what did people do, you know, back in the day, thousands of years ago, is we sit around a campfire and tell stories. He's like, that's what they did. That's what bonded us as tribes and as people. Uh, and he's like, what, you know, how, how lucky are we that this didn't happen in 1992 when we didn't have mm-hmm. FaceTime and an iPhone right. and Skype and social media, you know? So I feel like we can definitely try to make the best of a uh, best out of it, the best we can. So. Yes, yeah. I, I totally agree. Well, cool, totally man. Agree. Um, I don't want to take any more time out of your Sunday today. And, um, I appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me and, and for us to get to know each other a little bit better, just as much, um, you know, as you appreciate it and, uh, where, so shout out to big ugly brewing, first of all, um, check those guys out if you haven't already. And then where is the best place for everybody to follow along with you guys? And then where can anybody get some beans or if you're local to the Chesapeake area, how do you get onto that uh, cold brew service? So the best way to do all of it, follow us at Texas Street Coffee on Instagram. Best way to order beans and cold brew is TexasStreetCoffee.com. And that will, you know, come through the platform that we use. And I mean, it goes from there. If you're local and you're listening to this, um, use the code 757 for free local delivery. The radius is about 20 miles though. So uh, sorry, Richmond. Yeah. Folks. No two hour um, drive. Oh, yeah. yeah. No free delivery. 
that one, but I can put it in the mail. And so I can get you some coffee and um, it's not that expensive. It's like six or $7 to, to ship it. And I think most people are used to shipping costs right now. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For- and so is that, is that beans or is that, uh, yeah, that would be whole bean, whole beans, um, whole bean or ground coffee. Cool. Yeah. And I saw, um, I, I was jump, I was on your website, uh, earlier and I saw that you have, you can pick however you want your grind done. You can get it whole bean right. to grind it yourself, or you can do a drip or pour over or whatever your right. preferred, uh, apparatus is. And I would highly recommend it. I've had, uh, these guys' coffee, it is super tasty. Um, the branding is very aesthetically pleasing. Um, I think you guys have done a great job with everything. Yeah, shout out to my business partner, Jay, for that. He did a really good job on um, on the branding side, the the packaging. So Excellent. Good team. Uh, all right, JB. Well, you take care, man, and I uh, wish all you guys all the you, best, Eric. and uh, we'll keep in touch. For sure.